This is AgriPulse Drive Time, brought to you by AEM, the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Literally from the roadside along I-70 near Columbia, Missouri, on my way to Iowa and the Farm Progress Show, I'm Jeff Nally. Two big pieces of news for agriculture fall today in the nation's capital. First, President Donald Trump said the U.S. and Mexico resolved key obstacles to a renegotiated NAFTA with a different name suggesting that Canada might be left out of the final agreement. President Trump said we're going to call it the U.S.-Mexico Trade Agreement. NAFTA has a lot of bad connotations. It was a ripoff, he said. The president called the agreement something that is very special for our manufacturers and for our farmers. Now, there's plenty of wins for agriculture in this U.S.-Mexico deal. Uh, the agriculture sector has plenty to like. The biggest win for farmers and ranchers, though, the agreement to continue zero tariffs on farm goods between the two neighboring countries. Quoting Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue, there is nothing short of a great victory here for farmers and ranchers because locking in our access to Mexican markets is critical to supporting farm income and strengthening rural communities. U.S. exported about $35 million worth of corn to Mexico in 1993. That's the year before the trade pact went into force. 23 years later, long after Mexican tariffs fell to zero, the U.S. sold $2.6 billion worth of corn to Mexico, and that was just in 2016. The deal was lauded by the Illinois soybean growers. Doug Schroeder, the group's vice chairman, said As soybean producers start to harvest that crop. We're encouraged by the news that the administration is looking to redevelop trade relationships with one of our strongest trading partners. Mexico has been buying more corn than normal from Brazil as fears have been growing that the U.S. would pull out of NAFTA and negotiations dragging on. But Mexico still the largest foreign market for U.S. corn farmers. This from the National Corn Growers Association President Kevin Skunas. He says NAFTA has been an unequivocal success story for American agriculture, dramatically expanding market access for all parties, integrating supply chains, and providing economic opportunity for farmers and rural communities. He continues that Mexico is the largest export market for U.S. corn farmers, and we are pleased the United States and Mexico are reaffirming mutual commitments to this important relationship. Well, the U.S.-Mexico deal also contains a win for the dairy industry, which has grown increasingly concerned about the efforts of the European Union to convince Mexico to agree to protection for the names of cheese and other food. For the first time in NAFTA, the United States and Mexico have agreed to geographical indication standards that enhance transparency for opposition and cancellation proceedings for geographical indications, or GIs establishes a mechanism to consult on GIs pursuant to international agreements and allows for additional factors that may be taken into account in determining whether a term is a common name instead of a GI. That's according to a statement from the U.S. Trade Representative. In addition, for the first time in a United States trade agreement, Mexico and the United States agreed not to restrict market access in Mexico for U.S. cheeses labeled with certain names. Ag Secretary Purdue also said the agreement, quote, specifically addresses agriculture biotechnology to keep up with 21st century innovations, and we mutually pledge to work together with Mexico to reduce trade-distorting policies, increase transparency, and ensure non-discriminatory treatment and grading of our agriculture products. Now, you can read more about that at agripulse.com. Here's the second big piece. It was anticipated last week, but it was delayed until today. The trade aid package has been released. 
Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue unveiling the long-awaited market facilitation program and other plans to help producers hit hard by tariffs and other trade disruptions. Now, here are the rates. This is the market facilitation program. For cotton, we're looking at $0.06 cents a pound, or just shy of $277 million. For corn, it's a penny a bushel, about $96 million. For dairy, $0.12 cents a hundred, or just over $127 million. For the swine industry and hog farmers, $8 a head, or just over $290 million. Soybeans, uh, the big lion's share of this particular program, $1.65 a bushel, as AgriPulse had reported. Uh, that's a totaling about $3.6 billion. For sorghum, it's uh, uh, $0.86 cents a bushel, or hundred, uh, just shy of $157 million. And for wheat, it's $0.14 cents a bushel, just over $119 million. And total... $4.69 billion. Now, the initial payment rate is for 50% of production. Here's an important point. The initial payment is based on 50% of the 2018 production. Department of Agriculture hoping to have many of these trade disputes resolved by the end of the year. The second payment, if it is warranted, would be determined by the Department of Agriculture later this year. Interested producers can apply after the harvest is 100% complete and they can report their total 2018 production. Now, beginning on September 4th, next week, the MFP applications will be available online. Here's the address, www.farmers.gov slash MFP. Producers also will be able to submit their MFP application in person by email, by fax, or by mail. Eligible applicants must have an ownership interest in the commodity to be actively engaged in farming and have an average adjusted gross income, an AGI, for tax years of 2014, 15, and 16 of less than $900,000. Applicants also must comply with the provision of the highly erodible land and wetland conservation regulations. On September 4th, 2018, the first MFP payment period will begin. The second payment, again, if it's warranted, would be determined by the Department of Agriculture. Here's uh, some other details of the package. USDA's Ag Marketing Service, the AMS, will administer a food purchase and distribution program to purchase up to $1.2 billion in commodities unfairly targeted by unjustified retaliation. USDA's Food Nutrition Service will distribute these commodities through nutrition assistance programs such as the Emergency Food Assistance Program and the Child Nutrition Programs. Also, the program uh, includes the uh, Foreign Agriculture Service Agriculture Trade Promotion Program, $200 million to be made available to develop foreign markets for U.S. agriculture products. The program will help U.S. agriculture exporters identify and access new markets and help to mitigate the aspect adverse effects of other countries' restrictions. Now, there was plenty of reaction in the agriculture community, and certainly you would anticipate that some groups would be happier than others. Many farm groups have been trying to convince the USDA and the Office of Management and Budget for weeks that they needed higher aid payments to offset trade losses. So there was plenty of angst last week when AgriPulse reported that the initially proposed soybean rate would be $1.65 and only a penny for corn. No surprise that the American Soybean Association reacted positively to details of the USDA plan when it was officially released. Uh, ASA President John Heistoffer, a soybean producer from Iowa, said we welcome USDA's announcement that soybean farmers will receive a payment of their 2018 production to partially offset the impact of China's tariff on U.S. soybean imports. Heistoffer continued, this will provide a real shot of the arm for our growers 
who've seen soybean prices fall about $2 a bushel or 20% since events leading to this current tariff war with China began impacting markets back in June. He said this assistance will be particularly helpful to farmers who didn't forward contract their crops earlier this year and who need to arrange financing for planting of next year's crop. He emphasized that ASA strongly supports USDA's initiative to provide an additional $200 million to develop foreign markets through the trade promotion program. China was the number one export market for U.S. soybean growers last year, importing 31%, or nearly one out of every three rows of total production, equal to 60% of total U.S. soybean exports. And the National Corn Growers Association said plans unveiled by the USDA would be insufficient to even begin to address the serious damage done to the corn market because of the administration's actions. The organization reiterated its call for the administration to rescind tariffs to secure trade agreements and to allow for year-round sales of higher blends of ethanol, no-cost actions that would allow for the marketplace to drive demand. NCAJ President and North Dakota Farmer Kevin Skuna said, while most members prefer to trade over aid, they support relief if it helps some farmers provide assurances to their local bankers and get through another planting season. Unfortunately, this plan provides virtually no relief for corn farmers. According to an NCGA commissioned analysis, which NCGA provided to USDA in the Office of Management and Budget, trade disputes are estimated to have lowered corn prices by 44 cents a bushel for crop produced in 2018. That amounts to $6.3 billion in lost value on the 81.8 million acres projected to be harvested this year. USDA's plan sets the payment rate for corn, again, just at a penny a bushel. NCGA has understood from the beginning that this aid package would neither make farmers whole nor offset long-term erosion of export markets, but even with lowered expectations, it is disappointing that this plan does not consider the extent of the damage done to corn farmers, again, according to Scunis. Once again, we're calling on the administration to settle trade disputes and support a strong renewable fuel standard these no-cost immediate actions would deliver a real win for rural America. So those are the two key pieces of news that came from Washington today. There's plenty more to go, and coming up on further editions of Drive Time this week, you'll hear from the ranking member on the House Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson. We'll talk about his view of the conference committee coming together next week. AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by AEM. Here's Spencer Chase. We're joined today by Dennis Slater with the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Dennis, election season right around the corner. I'm wondering, what is AEM doing to engage with the equipment industry as we approach the election season? For AEM, what we decided to do here is our I Make America campaign, which is really a grassroots campaign. We go to the manufacturers in our industry, talk to their employees about the importance of elections, how elections affect them and their jobs. So instead of just talking to the corporate leaders, our job is to get into the grassroots, meet with them, take the congressmen out there, the senators out there, and show them these are the issues important to us. Well, that's the first edition of AgriPulse Drive Time, literally from the roadside in Missouri. I'm Jeff Daly for AgriPulse.